0: All right. Hello, people. Back with another podcast. I am here with my friend Jeff. Say hello. What's up? (laughs) Jeff has probably been the most elusive desired (laughs) guest. (laughs) I knew that was going to be the first descriptor (laughs) you're going to use. Yeah, I I was going to say you're snake-like, but that's not Mm. true. That would imply you're slimy. Yeah,
1: is that because my question back then. <laughs> maybe uh
0: i often jeff has admitted that he's not a an avid fan of the pod so he doesn't know exactly <laughs> how this goes but i i like to ask people how would you introduce yourself because i'm terrible at introducing people so
1: oh. uh this is where i realize i should come up with a good elevator pitch mm. um yeah i'm jeff uh I am a musician mm-hmm. um, that's mostly what I'm doing right now yeah um, yeah I like to you know freelance I play drums yep um, I'm also working in accounting yeah uh, so it's kind of like a tricky but fun balance between like the business world and the arts mm-hmm. world uh, both of which I enjoy mm-hmm. so between my accounting job and freelancing and uh, I'm also a full-time grad student right now. So in, in music. So those three things kind of are accounting for most of my life, but, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, cool. Yeah.
0: I'll leave that. That's, that works. No, I think it's interesting. Cause a lot of times I, like I get into the discussion of, um, people do use their job or where they're at in school to introduce themselves which is like to me it never felt right for me to introduce myself with those things because they don't feel very close to who i am but at least your music seems extremely close to who you are
1: yeah very much so yeah um but that is an interesting point like as the words were coming out of my mouth i realized like Wow that's kinda that is also kind of sad like it there feels... there is more to my personality than those three things yeah um yeah like i I love the outdoors, I like to hike ski, ski I'm a big skier, yeah, um yeah, I mean, I promise you people he is a multifaceted human being <laughs> yeah
0: um no, but I guess and it to me it's also cool to try to draw like characteristics of people from their kind of what they do more. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, part of it is you do a lot. You're one of the busiest people I know. So you love to go, go, go. Like you love to be busy.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I almost feel anxious when I'm not doing anything. And that's something I, I definitely worked on. A lot during my last semester of undergrad because mm. I that was for once I didn't have a crazy busy course load mm-hmm. and I was basically just taking one or two classes a week and so I had to it's it's weird I feel like it's usually the the other way around where sometimes you have to force yourself to be productive but I for once tried to force myself to I don't want to say be unproductive but to chill to chill and to actually spend time with friends and like prioritize other things in my life that I hadn't been prioritizing Mm -hmm. or that weren't the typical things that one would okay assume you should prioritize and I mean just making sure that I'm spending quality time with the people that matter yeah um going out of my way to make plans Mm. with friends and um it was it was interesting because when i did have some important like musical things coming up like auditions and stuff i still forced myself to schedule dinners and other you know non-music or non-career related things and i actually played the best at those auditions because I wasn't just forcing myself to spend more time on something that actually didn't need so much time and was kind of clearing my mind by doing things that made me feel relaxed. And yeah. Feel, feel good. That's cool.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. It's almost like it's an antidote to overthinking the thing that's all otherwise going to occupy all of your brain space. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Do you feel like, so was it kind of like you almost you're still busy, but you fill the time like you just make yourself busy with other things?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I, I had periods of time where I did force myself to just kind of sit around and not do much. Yeah. Um, Which felt nice. But I think I realized that my way of relaxing... Mm is to do fun things with people, people that I enjoy being around Yeah. rather than just sitting on my couch and like actually doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. I, hmm. sometimes I feel the same. Sometimes I don't, I don't, it is like, like when I am spending time with other people, I don't have to grapple with, um the racing thoughts that happen when or like the whirlwind in my mind that happens when i do sit alone um i always do like it's hard for me cuz i go back and forth on on whether that is me relaxing more or or if it is just me engaging in something else so that i don't have to engage in the discomfort of those thoughts
1: right so like more of a distraction yeah i guess i don't know yeah Yeah, i i get what you're saying i experienced that a little bit too yeah i think for me it's like if i if i'm not doing anything like if i'm not doing an activity Mm -hmm. then i just start overthinking about things that i could be doing yes yes so I get that. I mean, I think I think we're both overthinkers. Yes. Um maybe in slightly different ways.
0: When you think about things you could be doing but aren't in the current moment. Yeah. Do you feel any shame that you are not doing them?
1: A little bit. Um I feel that way about uh especially about practicing. Mm. I've gotten better. I used to feel really guilty anytime I was doing anything other than practicing because I would think about the stories I hear of people practicing all day. Mm. And, like, you know, some people think that that's the only way to succeed Mm. in music. And so, anytime I was doing something else, which could have been something actually, you know, beneficial for me in a different way then I would just start to overthink and like feel guilty about not putting 100% of my time into the thing that, that I thought I was supposed to be putting a hundred percent of my time into totally. But I mean, going back to my last semester of undergrad, I, that made me realize that there is actually a, a sweet spot after which it's actually like detrimental to put like, so much of your time into one thing
0: yeah hmm no i get this though because it's also just like when you when you care like truly so much about one thing and you do care about making music like work and succeeding in that it almost like it's probably i would expect hard to realize that practicing more practicing for all of that time would be detrimental because even if it's the right thing to do to practice a little bit less in that yeah. time when you're not practicing, you still have those thoughts like gnawing at you right. that you should be doing more. And so right. even it, it almost feels like it's the right thing to do to practice just because it means you're answering those thoughts.
1: Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And it took, it took a very long time, it took years to break that thought pattern. Yeah. Um, and I mean I've had you know pe- like mentors in my life who have encouraged that mentality um which you know have helped in some ways but have also made it harder to to break those thought patterns mm-hmm. in other ways you know when there are people who you respect who are encouraging you know yeah those those habits yeah um and I think I think maybe it it works for some people. I think it definitely does work for some people, but um, I I've realized that it doesn't work for me.
0: Yeah. So that's probably good. Yeah. I mean, do you do get to have more of a life.
1: Yeah. I mean, now I'm at a point where it feels, it feels right. Yeah. You know, to do a variety of things. Yeah, that is good. And I I'm able to trust, like after doing well at those auditions where i didn't spend 100 percent of my time preparing for them Mm -hmm. i i have since been able to trust and feel comfortable with you know this new way of looking at it
0: yeah this is interesting i feel like it reminds me of people who describe a similar experience in academics where it's like they are studying for so much longer than they need to be. And it's not, it's like they they'll just keep moving the goalposts further on how much they need to do so that they can tell themselves that they're doing the right thing by spending that much time on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like a, just a way to comfort yourself. Like if you're, if you're drowning yourself in the thing that you're, feel like you should really be focusing on then like you convince yourself to think well if i'm you know if i'm spending my time doing this thing then Mm -hmm. i then i don't have to feel bad i don't feel lazy i don't feel like i'm losing ground totally even though you might be
0: yeah and this connect
1: this is like
0: this is so broadly applicable in my mind yeah i feel like so like doing anything could could be what those thoughts are, like the object of those thoughts. Like it could be that you you believe you're supposed to have a, a super clean place and so you spend hours every day cleaning your place. You right. look for like the tiniest ways that you can tidy things. Yeah. Or um, you have any other kind of hobby that you're just compulsively checking in on and thinking about. Yeah, um, I feel like, and I feel like I used to be that way about making friends. Right. Um, and it's nice. I like having these conversations kind of because it's, I don't always have the wherewithal to step back and like have gratitude that I am not so hard lined and like, like feel like I am constantly demanding so much of myself Yeah. to do that anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think it's, Again, I think it's good to do a variety of things. Mm -hmm. It's good to have balance in your life in in every aspect. Um, And it's it's great to... I think it's great to obsess over something for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can't do it forever. Yeah. Um, So, like, it's cool to get into something and then, like, you have, like, a little period of time where you obsess over it yep i think that that can be a great thing because you can you know you're it, it it'll be easier for you to learn you a grow ton of things yeah you lot. grow very quickly yeah but i think there is um there's probably some sort of psychology to this but i think there is like a a point after which it starts becoming detrimental
0: i have two thoughts on this the first is on that that thing that you just said i i feel that a lot even like I'll go down certain rabbit holes or I'll get really into a topic. And then I was talking about this with Anthony the other night. Like mm. you learn everything there is to learn about the the current situation basically. And you realize there's no more new information to glean. Yep. Right. There's nowhere to go in the rabbit hole. So what do you do after that? You go to Twitter and you start reading random people's opinions about it. Because yep. any little sliver of new content that you can get is like, feeding it like those morsels that feed you a little bit yep um the other thing you said is about the obsession i um i feel like i i used to be a much more obsessive person like across the board um i still can get that way sometimes i definitely was in a phase of obsession for attack on titan (laughs) for sure (laughs) um but i i think the danger what came to my mind when you we were talking about this, the danger with obsession is that you completely lose sight of the process. And yep. instead it becomes only about the, the achievements. The yes. Outcomes. yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can, yeah, I can apply all this back to my, you know, musical. Totally. Involvements. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's, I feel the exact same way. Like if I'm, well, to your first point, like, if I'm working on some orchestral excerpt, if I'm learning, if I'm learning it, like at first I'll, you know, obsess over it and obsess over all the details, and then like try and get as many opinions on it as I can, mm-hmm. and um, really refine it, and then after a certain point, it's like, okay, I've learned it. I've gotten a bunch of different, you know, I've played it for a bunch of different teachers. I've gotten a bunch of different opinions. Now it's time for me to compile those thoughts, make, make it into my own version and stick with it. And then, you know, I could keep going. I could keep trying to acquire more uh, insights and more perspectives on it. But Mm -hmm. after a certain point, it's just going to be too much information Mm -hmm. and it's going to, start to confuse me and start to hurt the process totally um so yeah it's just like kind of trying to identify when that obsessive period ends yeah should end um and then the the second point about making it about the process rather than the goal um i certainly feel that i mean so <laughs> and i i just told you about this but I was preparing for um, an audition for months and months. Uh, So I submitted um, recordings and they advanced me to the the final round um, in November. I got the final list in November um, and the audition was supposed to be uh, this past weekend on the 13th. -hmm. Um, So, I was working on everything for a few months and um you know was feeling really ready for this audition i had you know like like i was talking about before i had played each excerpt for multiple people teachers you know my peers um really worked hard on these on on the whole list Mm -hmm. and then when it came down to it um I it was a it was a military band job, and because of some silly small reason, um, they weren't yeah they weren't able to qualify me. Mm. The military wasn't able to qualify qualify me in time for me to be able to go to the audition site and play the final round. Um, and so I was pretty bummed about it. I was pretty pretty down about it, you know, because I had this goal of i mean my my goal wasn't even to necessarily to win the job but it was just to play the the final round Mm -hmm. and just to get the experience of playing a final round um and that didn't happen and so i was you know because i didn't reach the goal that i had identified in my head i was pretty you know i was pretty down about it Mm -hmm. but um what i realized is that you know, I spent three months working on a list of of music that I probably should have worked through anyway mm. at some time. And I feel way more comfortable preparing a list now. Mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable because um, I played a lot of mock auditions. I feel more comfortable playing in front of people. I feel like I've grown as a musician. Yeah. And so... That was, that was the process right there. Dude. And, you know, that's, that's a goal that I've had my whole life. Yeah. So, you know, this audition was only a goal that I've had for, a few, for months. a few months, but
0: that's awesome that you like, it's very impressive that you already have the, um, that you're already able to look at it that way, because I know this is very recent and you have been working
1: very hard. I mean, I'm, Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm still I'm still pretty bummed. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but but um, despite the emotional reaction, I'm still uh, trying and able to identify that there, you know, the process was helpful. Yeah,
0: that's really nice. I feel like, hmm, that's a huge part of it. I I also. Hmm. I'm trying to think Organize my thoughts here It is Because generally Like it is Fantastic to be Really invested in something I think It's really nice I've yeah. often talked about Fandom From this perspective um, And I, I'm not like As big of a fan of Sports teams anymore But I used to be a huge Baseball fan A huge Cubs fan Right um, And it's a really easy, good outlet for, like, intense emotion.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Either
0: way. Um, but it's, it's weird because I think it's very hard when you're in it to not feel like it's either the greatest thing that ever happened or the end of the world. Um, and so I feel like something that I've talked about in therapy that has helped is realizing that like being so fully engaged and so fully invested in something like that is, is a gift just because it allows you to feel those powerful emotions and like, and it's helped to try to reframe where even if it ends up like not going the way you want, if somehow, and I'm not perfect at this, but I like this perspective that like, you're able to appreciate the thing that feels like crushing Mm -hmm. just because it is that visceral. Um, right. I think that, that helps so much with, with refocusing on the process with like, yeah, it's amazing to be in this and no matter what happens, it's like, it's good for life. It's just good for living life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like it's the most, one of the most raw forms of living life is just, becoming so deeply involved in some process. Yes. Because otherwise you're just kind of watching the day go day go by. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You know. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I I definitely get like I get that less. Or on on smaller scales. Hmm. Definitely. Like I feel like I engage in those processes, but they will be like very short term Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to figure it out and also I need to there's a there's a barrier usually that I have to push past like I I'm not forced to deeply involve in anything and so if I have an inkling of an idea to pursue like I need to I need to make myself focus on it completely and put a bunch of energy to it so that it becomes really engaging to me um, and that is sometimes, yeah, that can be hard because sometimes like as I'll be doing the process, if I butt up against a wall where it's like, oh, it's not like, immediately clear where to go next here. Yeah. Um, that can be very demotivating. I don't know if you feel yeah.
1: that. Yeah, I I do. Yeah. Even just in some like random, random interests that I have, mm-hmm. I'll be super interested in it. And then when I... When I come to an obstacle, I'll find myself kind of letting go of that interest pretty easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I I had uh, an instance of this the other the other day. This is kind of a long um, narrative arc, so I'll try to be quick enough about it. But basically, I was in the shower, and for some reason, the idea of like integrals and in math came to mind, uh-huh. and I was thinking about this this way of conceptualizing them that related to like multiplication on a very basic level, um, that excited me. So I started to write it down. Um, and basically my idea was multiplication. You can represent graphically in a way where it's like, if you have a bunch of, let's say you wanted to do two times four and you think of an, like an X, Y graph, right. And you mark two on the Y axis. And you draw, what you have to do is draw four lines up to two on the y-axis. And if you add up the length of all those lines, then you get the answer. It's eight. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was thinking about that and I'm thinking, okay, so integration is basically this, right? Except you have an basically an infinite number of those lines in a finite span on the x-axis. Right. So I was thinking about this and I was digging into it, but I realized that not realized but i i thought about how integration derivatives calculus basically is all based on this idea of what happens around zero like when you're doing an integral you're adding up a bunch of rectangles that have this infinitesimally small length or Mm -hmm. like width of them right but their width isn't zero you're just trying to see the pattern of what happens as those widths approach zero um and so i was thinking about it i'm like so what like what does happen at zero? Um, and I so I started to dig in, and I looked. I like I watched. I started by watching. Do you know Numberphile, the YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I used to love that channel. Um, they would. They had a video that's like like problems with zero, and included dividing by zero and like taking zero to the zero power. Uh, and they described how we we try to find all these trends of or like we the only way we identify what might be happening at zero is by looking at what happens around it as like we come towards it from different directions and the reason that dividing by zero doesn't work is because if you come towards it from one direction it'll give you a different answer than if you come towards it from another direction but it's also weird because we're not even like we don't do that for other numbers it's not about what happens when we come towards it it's just yeah. We know what happens at the number zero is just undefined in a lot of ways, and then I looked into it further, and I was like, okay, so not only is it this, but we also don't naturally conceptualize zero like as biological organisms. Zero isn't something that exists in right. reality; like we had to create it basically. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is interesting, and then I, I also somehow made this jump in my mind of like how how zero kind of relates made this comparison to meditation weirdly or mindfulness and it's like so okay we're realizing that with numbers the closer you get to zero the wonkier it gets like the harder it gets to explain what's actually going on right mindfulness to me feels very similar where it's like if you get slow enough if you focus enough on like one tiny little thing it's almost like getting towards the zero of experience where things completely change from how your experience is in any other time. And there's something oh, yeah. about that close focus that also just feels like zero to me that I can't quite explain. Yeah. Um, so then somehow, this is where I, I might lose track, but I, I started, I looked into it got me into quantum physics somehow Uh quantum information theory um, and learning about like these ideas that uh, that there is actually potentially no predictability about reality and everything or there is but it's only based on probability and there's no certainty and that once you tune in enough to like this extremely detailed level then you realize that everything on a small scale is random and it only appears not random because it's built up past that small scale. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, It's brilliant. It's interesting. Yeah. But, okay. Long story to make the point that as I started to get into the quantum physics part, I was like, okay, this is getting too far. This is getting out of bounds of my knowledge and it's getting too hard to continue to, like, learn enough to understand. And so I fell off a little bit. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: well... (laughs) Hopefully that was a fun 5 minutes to that, go through. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I re- I respect that cuz that's probably farther than I would have taken mm. a thought <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying like
0: there I'm trying to foster like really diving into things that I when I have these inklings of like not understanding, I'm really yeah. trying to I feel like that's kind of where a lot of the beauty of life comes and like the wonder.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like you you already learned a lot just from that thought process that you like I don't think there is I don't think that there necessarily was a destination with that yeah train of thoughts. I think again, I think you learn I think you were able to make lots of useful insights. Mm. Um and draw lots of useful parallels based on just that thought process. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. I think you, with the, with this point that you brought up, I, you made me think of songwriting and mm. like, I'm not a songwriter, um, but sometimes i randomly want to be mm. and so i have like all these ideas in my head i have all these melodies and chord progressions in my head mm-hmm. and i've had them in my head since like maybe not the same ones but i've i've had ideas um that i think could be good maybe not but mm. um in my head since i was a kid but and I've always wanted to get them out there, you know, put them on paper, get other people to play these ideas. And sometimes I'll, like for me, it starts with being able to play them on the piano. Okay. And that's my first <laughs> roadblock. <laughs> like, I've, I can play piano a little bit, but not well enough to be able to fully play what I hear in my head. Okay. And so, I find myself like really having this strong desire to to get my the musical ideas in my head, at, you know, out there, and then it it just gets hindered by right, technical you know, ability. By technical ability. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes I'll so so I'll immediately get a little bit turned off Mm -hmm. right right there right at what I have identified as step one yeah um and then you know sometimes I'll be able to record something Mm -hmm. but um then I'll listen back and I'll be like "Ah, I don't like it and now I'm not interested anymore yeah because I just spent all this time doing this and uh, it's not it's not as good as what I what was in my head and then sometimes I'll get past there and then i'll start trying to notate it like on sheet music and then i'll be like uh i don't really know how to write for multiple instruments yeah and so so you know that's a that's another roadblock that kind of immediately removes some of my desire yeah um but I guess I'm trying to address that. Um, like I'm taking a, a composition for performers mm. class this semester. So it's like specifically tailored towards people who are performers, not composers, mm. but who want to compose. And so I guess I'm sort of experimenting with the idea of actually forcing myself into a formalized class class with assignments where i'm required to work towards my goal yeah like i could find a million excuses to not do like uh, it's a busy week like i have to prepare all this music that i'm supposed to perform or i'm working on an audition or whatever Mm -hmm. um but like regardless i have these assignments due so i have to figure out a way to make them work yeah and That's kind of forcing me into the belief that it's okay if it's not exactly what I want it to be. Yeah, I just have to find... I have to figure out a way to complete the assignment. And by doing that...
0: You will necessarily learn.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good because I... I relate to this so much of, like, having these ideas of certain medium, or yeah, expression media, right. basically, that I just can't – like, I don't have the skills to do. And I always get hung up on – like, I don't want – I don't really enjoy the process of, like, going through the drills to get good enough at the skill. I just want to be able to get what is in my head out into the world in right. whatever way that it can. Yeah, yeah, which I definitely think is part of why I am drawn to writing Uh to an extent, because that's easy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's kind of a one step process. It can be a one step process, or it can be a infinite step process. Yeah, you know, if you just want to write your thoughts out, or you want to write and then edit it and then publish it, and Mm -hmm. you know,
0: or like write chapters of a novel right or whatever it is yeah i also i actually have have you ever like does the idea of just doing basically doing midi composition yeah. come to mind
1: yeah that's that's kind of what i've had to rely on yeah because like if i can't get through an entire melody or chord progression that's in my head mm-hmm. i'll record like a piece of it on midi and then i'll like maybe i'll like quantize it or something yeah i'll make you know Um, and then I'll do the rest and like, you can edit like the, the, you know, synthesizer or instruments that you're triggering. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's my crutch. MIDI, (laughs) MIDI is like my, yeah, my crutch.
0: I don't, I think that's, why is MIDI worse? Cause I feel like I've heard that from other people too.
1: I mean, just from like a performing standpoint mm. Mid- midi is never going to sound like live music and mm. i mean i'm biased because i'm a performer but yeah live music is live music and nothing nothing will ever sound like live music except mm. for live music mm. um i think midi is great for getting your ideas mm-hmm. out there even just to play as an example to a group of musicians like just so they can hear what it's supposed to sort of in the ballpark sound like. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, MIDI is not a final product. Yeah. Because it sounds too computerized, too exact. Yeah. And it's not like a performance experience. Like I I feel like for me, at least might be different for other people, but for me, the whole, the whole joy of listening to music is listening to people perform it whether it's live or recorded hmm M- midi is just it's like interesting a composer's ideas being played by a computer yeah rather than a composer's ideas brought to life by performers that's so interesting so Cause that, that makes sense.
0: And I've never really, I've never really thought about it that way, probably as someone who's just less into music, but I do hear what you're saying that like, like, as I think about it, yes, I can hear the, um, I guess individuality that comes with performers performing. Right. Yeah
1: yeah oh, that's i cool. mean it's never going to be the same yeah twice in a row yeah but it'll always be the same every single time if, if, with you know midi music. yeah so i think that's like the beauty of live and recording live music mm. it's like you know whether you get a group of people to play together on stage or you bring a group of people into the studio Mm -hmm. if those same people went on stage and played for night two or came into the studio and recorded the same song again it would be different
0: that's interesting too because I my brain works in a way and I used to play music more than I do now even but um, works in a way that's almost like every time I try to play a piece it's to try to play it perfectly yeah and this framework there's it feels very much that there is not a perfect yeah way to play
1: oh yeah i mean i've i've felt that way too i think um so i play classical music and Mm -hmm. i also play a lot of jazz Mm -hmm. and i i don't think that i don't think that the primary goal Of classical music is perfection Mm. but i think it is one of the primary goals okay and one of the unspoken primary goals i don't think everyone i don't think anyone will ever explicitly say you have to play this absolutely perfectly Mm. but i think it is the unspoken ideal one of the unspoken ideals of classical music okay is you know how polished how clean how precise can you make this sound With jazz, um, one of the things that draws me to jazz, um, and, and I, I like that aspect of classical music to some degree, but, but it, it can be very, um, you know, constricting and stressful and sort of takes away the enjoyment. Okay. Some of the enjoyment of that for me sometimes, if that's the only thing I'm doing. One of the things I like about playing jazz also is that, um, perfection is not one of the key uh ideals and in some cases it's even frowned upon Mm. it's more it's more about how does it feel and you know what effect what effect does the music have and and you know are you paying homage to the traditions and interesting and like some i mean many of the jazz greats make technical mistakes in their you know recorded performances some of the most famous jazz records have technical mistakes all over them but there's something about like the feeling in the way that they play yeah that you can just tell and you can hear and like it doesn't doesn't bother you at all that, that yeah. there are technical mistakes. So,
0: would so would you say you feel pretty comfortable in that looser form?
1: I do. I mean, it, it's um, it's interesting going back and forth between the two, and sometimes I find myself striving for perfection in mm-hmm. jazz, but um, it's nice to to know that I'm not held to perfection and that it's more about, like, the conviction and, you know, am I playing what I feel mm. rather than, like, am I playing some sort of prescribed thing in some sort of prescribed way? Yeah, yeah. The most accurately. Mm. So,
0: So do you feel like it's a pretty... Cause to me, it's the the idea that you're able to very, in the moment, like translate, this, your feeling, into the drums, basically. But, Does it feel like? I assume it feels supernatural, like not supernatural, but very natural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yes, that's that's the goal. Um. And I mean, that's the process, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I do experience that feeling. Mm. Um, Sometimes I don't feel that way. Sometimes I feel like I'm forcing an idea. Yeah. But I'm able to realize and identify when it sounds the best is when I'm feeling it the most. Mm. Because I could pull from a library of d- ideas that I have in my head. Yep. And, you know, it might not match what the other musicians are playing. Yes. and Like might sound cool in certain contexts, but not the context that I'm playing it in. Yeah. But if I'm engaging with the other musicians and listening to what they're playing and responding and supporting and, enhancing the overall texture then that's when it sounds the best oh,
0: okay so. this i love this because this is another thing that feels like it compares to life overall very mm-hmm. well like so often generally like if you're going into an interview and you have all these like prepared answers yep for questions that you think might come to you Maybe even the prepared answers are good, but they're not going to sound as good because they're prepared, first of all. And you're also going to be necessarily closing yourself off to other ideas that might have come in in the moment to answer the questions just because you have a rehearsed answer. Or if you're in a social situation, like if if you're approaching someone who you're attracted to and you like make up a a pickup line or you make up a scenario about how it's going to go. It's going to make it so much more nerve wracking and awkward when it goes differently. Right. I feel like this is just, this is so such an all encompassing view. Like I feel like generally with overthinking specifically, right? Like it's to, it's to over prepare for anything that might be happening Yeah. to get you out, like to take you away from the observation of, the current moment and instead like draw on other past knowledge or expectations of the future that you think might be more uh, a better context to use to behave yeah and it never really is yep and that's I, very hard for me
1: yeah i have done exactly what you're saying yeah i've prepared you know paragraphs in my mind yeah and yeah and it's it it never it never works as well as never. as you expect no um but yeah, and it's a crutch, you know, we do it because we feel anxious about we feel like we're just gonna be winging it otherwise, yeah, you know um, and it's hard it's hard to not let yourself prepare that's Uh,
0: the real the real issue it's impossible usually like the thinking just happens
1: yeah um Mm. and there are certain scenarios where i think it's not a terrible thing but i agree it it's it's always gonna be the most natural when you just respond naturally
0: yeah i think i think it's not i guess this process in and of itself is not a bad thing I think the problem is if you've thought about something before, if you've prepared for it. If I th- it's almost like a thinking about it as a bullet point method rather than a written out sentences method. Right. It's like yes. it's good to have the bullet points yes. so that you still do have a little bit of flex like you're required to be more flexible when you're actually communicating it in the moment, right? Right. But when if it's all written down in your head or somewhere then it's gonna come off as bad. And I feel like that's kind of the case in any situation that you yes. could think of.
1: I totally agree. And yeah. I, I think the best way to get better at not having to just over prepare in general is just to just to like immerse yourself in those situations more. Yes. Uh, you know exposure therapy face the fear yeah like whether it's musical you know if it's musical just play with people as much as you can mm-hmm. if it's social go Do talk to go talk to people yeah you know a lot yeah and you'll get you'll get better you'll you'll get more confident
0: you'll realize that you can just figure it out
1: yeah and and i would say like you know whether it's musical or social play uh play with or like play with musicians who make you feel good and then play with musicians who intimidate you do mm-hmm. both so that you have some good experiences to rely on mm-hmm. but also that you're not just cushioning yourself from the real world where not everything's going to be pleasant and the yes. same could be said about Social interactions, go talk to people you're comfortable with, and then go meet new people and you know, yeah, talk to people who aren't good at making small talk, yes and you know people who make you a little nervous or you know people who make you feel really comfortable, mm-hmm. so that you have some good experiences to rely on, and then totally you know some ones that push you to grow,
0: yeah. I feel like it has helped me a lot as well to, to reflect on those, um, on those times where I am comfortable with people I'm comfortable with, um, yeah. Because it it illuminates to me kind of more how my mind works when I'm with those people, and I think then I can I can apply that a little bit more. Like I feel like, I mean, it's it's what we just said, but I'm I'm much more focused on the other person what they're right. saying in their body language and everything yeah um and when my when what i say is a response to what i am observing externally rather yeah. than kind of an escape to the discomfort i'm feeling internally right i become much more the person that i hope to be yep yeah
1: totally agree
0: mm. it is cool to be able to figure that out
1: yeah sure yeah (laughs) Mm. i got it i gotta head back to school in a few minutes you do (laughs)
0: all right 50 minutes pretty good pretty good decent um we can just call it here i was gonna launch into something else but
1: we can't i I got how long probably like five (laughs) five ten more minutes
0: have you seen any good movies or shows recently (sighs) i know you're busy but
1: hmm i'm like the worst person to ask about movies yeah i've been watching new girl (laughs) okay (laughs) good i'm a fan it's a it's nice and digestible because it's in like 20 minute episodes yeah and you can you don't have to be focusing on it the whole time
0: yes are you a is this your first time
1: i i watched it like years ago and i got through probably four seasons okay but i never finished it so i'm trying to finish it now
0: yeah new girl is it's it's a rare laugh out loud sim- sitcom to yeah me. so yeah i like it's it very
1: relatable on many levels yes yes so what about you
0: um last of us is the thing that i'm really into right oh. now. yeah um it's good i would recommend and it's also nice because it's coming out live so i mean you have Five episodes are out now, so nice. you do have to catch up. But after that, it's just like the one hour per week to put in.
1: Mm-hmm. What is it about? Oh, have you not heard about this?
0: So it's a new... The Last of Us is a game. It's like a really popular zombies video game. Oh, cool. Um, And it is... HBO adapted it to a show okay. starring Pedro Pascal. Okay. Do you know who that is? No. <laughs> He's the Mandalorian.
1: Okay. Have you seen Game yeah, of Thrones? Yeah. Uh, I have not. <laughs> you're you're ex- you're really exposing. Yeah. I got nothing. I'm okay. Not, yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, he's a Mandalorian. Um. And. I honestly, I don't want to give up. That much about the show. He's going on a quest. Okay. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. Cool. Um. It I'll is watch cool. It. All right. Nice. I'll let you go then. Do you have class? Like I do. Today?
1: Damn. I have class at four and I have to play, so I have to warm up. Damn. <laughs> Story of my life. right? Yeah, now. exactly.
0: Well, good luck, sir. Thank you. And I will say adios to the listeners. Thanks for having me. Bye.